Why is silver so low in price if it is in such short supply? Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Vince Lancey, and this is the Arcadia Economic Silver Fix. Today, we're going to talk about something that comes up all the time and comes up more when the market is taking it on the chin like it is right now. Why is silver so low in price if it is in such short supply? That's the major question. If all the data says there's no silver left, or there's great demand coming out of China, or there's less supply coming out of Mexico, why in God's name is it not higher? And I'm going to tell you why. I'll give you the answer right now, and then I'll give you the answer why the answer is, is correct. They're buying it. That's why the price is down. And they're going to continue buying it, even while their competitors are buying it from the rest of the world. It's kind of like a class warfare situation. The elites and countries are buying from the people that are stupid enough to sell to them. Now, I don't mean elites in the in the normal political way. I just mean leaders of countries are buying for their own countries. What do I mean by that? We're in a global world before COVID. And in a global world, there is a big basket. And in that big basket, everyone trusts each other and they put their balls in that basket. Let's call it recess. And at recess, we all go and we play with balls. Sorry, but you get my point. We all go and we play with our shared toys at recess. And after a while, and I don't care that you're playing with mine and I'm playing with yours because we are in a global environment. Globalism is a form of community. It's it's a form of trust. I trust you. You trust me. We all know it's going back in the basket when we're done. Then something happens and, you know, we're not so trusting of each other anymore. And that's that's the key. Something happened. And as the trust dissipates, so does the uh, comfort in leaving your toys in the basket. And so what you will do is you will start to, if you're smart and you're early and you sense everyone's going to their corner uh, using a fight analogy and everyone is uh, not cooperating as much as they used to, what do you do? Well, you take your ball back. And if you're sharp, clever, unethical and greedy, you take other people's balls if you can. So I want you to view the global markets as becoming fragmented and becoming regional. It goes from a country to states to cities to neighborhoods, right? So we're breaking down. And at the global view, it's it's a global community breaking down into uh, geographic regions that also has uh, similar uh, values. For example, uh, in the Eastern region, you have China, you have Russia, uh, you have Iran. They have similar values to North Korea, but you know, and in the and but you have Japan there as well. Japan is value-wise more aligned with the West. In the West, you have United States, you have Canada. Eh, we don't want to talk about Canada right now. United States, uh, Mexico. Uh, and, you know, everyone in Western Europe, and then you have a country like Venezuela, which is more aligned with the East, uh, or, or uh, say, El Salvador, even, and maybe one or two others. Cuba, for sure, right? 
All right. So what you have is you have the world is breaking down. And when the world breaks down without going down the rabbit hole too much, the basket starts to empty. Everyone used to trust the Comex. So everyone would put their toys in that basket. And now everyone's taking their toys back. And if that basket's a community basket, for as long as it still has that label community basket, and I'm in India, I'm like, yeah, I'll take some of that community silver. And you start taking it. And that's why so, uh, India took so much silver last year. That's It was available to them. And since then, it's stopped. And when you have a situation where the world has stopped trusting each other, you have uh, what we're going through right now. And why is silver so low in price if it is in such short supply? I'll tell you why. Because they're scouring the landscape, looking for anyone who will sell at the current advertised price. That's it. I'll walk you through it. All right. Uh, very quickly, I'm not going to spend time on this, but government has three real economic goals now as exemplified in onshoring, reshoring, and Frenchshoring. They need to protect their natural resources. That's silver. They need to rebuild supply chains domestically. That means they need to protect their mines. They need to get their refineries correct, like you see in Saudi Arabia. They need to raise tax revenue, which means they need, need to get more money from these things. What did they do first? This is actually touching on the... Uh, uh, the precious metals uh, mining royalty thing. Uh, they tried to attack oil at the same time, protect oil. Uh, what are they doing now? Uh, they're going to go after miners. And I'm telling you why this will be a good thing, just to get this out of the way. Uh, it won't work. Uh, uh, if it does work, price would pass through. All the metal that's already above ground goes up by the cost it is to mine it further. Miners pass that cost through. That's not cost that they eat. Uh, they're going to renegotiate. It's not going to happen. They're going to re the government's going to renegotiate probably, and that will give the miners more drilling access and probably a freer floating price. Metals timelines. Now we get to the main event, right? All right. So why is the price so low if? Well, the answer is because they're buying it. And I'll give you some information, some uh, uh give you some dots that we've seen recently, very recently, and they're ongoing uh, to, to, to bring it home here. All right. So the global recess basket is being depleted. I already went through that. Protect silver by taking it out of COMEX and off market into SLV. Now I just described what other countries are doing, what we're doing. I can't prove this, but I'm right is we are taking all of our silver that's available internationally, COMEX, and we're pulling it out of there. And we're making sure that it's not mistakenly sold to someone who's not our friend, even while we give them access. Uh, and then we put it somewhere safer, uh, in a vault, in SLV, what have you. That's what's happening right now. That's what JP Morgan and the other banks are doing. Okay, so wh where does this originate? Well, it originates about a year and a half ago when Zoltan Pozar made us aware of there's a scramble for real collateral. So if every ounce of silver pulled out of the ground, how many people were employed by it? Right, for every ounce of silver pulled out of the ground in Mexico, you have you have a a guy who pulls it out of the ground. You have uh, a guy who refines it. Uh, you have a person who makes it into coins. You have a person who ships it. You have a person who sells it. That's your supply chain, and that employs a lot of people. And it's a big part of the economy. Money is generated. Value is created in doing those things. And without the collateral, the bottom of the extra pyramid, uh, you can't really do that. And so economies are collapsing uh, around uh, the lack of natural resources. At the same time, natural resource prices are going up. 
Number two, vaults drain, COMEX and SHE. Well, we saw that. There's another example. Again, why are prices so low if the COMEX and the SHE vaults are drained? That's because, and I'll give you a phenomenon that you're familiar with if you own a house. If you live in a neighborhood and they build a new development, expensive houses, right? Down the block from you. And you wonder why your house isn't going up after the houses are completed. It's because those houses aren't sold yet. It's a, it's a real estate axiom that when new developments go up in your area, your house won't appreciate until the last house in that area is sold. Okay? So I want you to take that analogy and I want you to look at silver here. Right now, the price is staying low because the last house isn't sold. They're still finding silver to buy that we're not seeing on the COMEX. The COMEX is not where silver goes now. It goes from the mine to the end user. That's it. The COMEX is a pricing mechanism only now. It'll become a storage facility again when they have enough silver. They do not have enough silver right now. All right. Uh, so that's the vault drain. The vaults are drained. They're scouring for silver. Countries scouring for above ground supply. If you're in China, and I had this on reliable information, and you are a massive buyer of silver, actually, you, you can all see that yourself. Uh, when a Western banker visits you, whether it be Jamie Dimon or whoever, one of the things that these Chinese, uh, the CCP, I should say, it needs to do is it wants to protect its own natural resource supply chain. And to the extent that it has to import from Mexico, from wherever, uh, it's having a hard time securing that. Mexico has less silver, as we shall see in a minute. And because of that, you need to find an intermediary, a broker, a middleman, a guy to go around and find the scrap for you and the smaller mines for you. And that's what the banks are doing right now. The banks are securing above ground supply, above ground supply, not in the vault, for China, among other people. All right. So that's why Jamie Dimon visited China, among other reasons, right? Mexico production dropping. Now we go to the pictures here, right? We got we got a couple of nice pictures here. It's a uh, Mexico silver production dropping. All right, this is a nice little picture there. He uses primary colors, very cool. I like uh, Tavi Strauss, but these uh, these are very significant. Not just there, there's a story behind the charts. Silver lease rates are negative. I reported that a couple of weeks ago, and that's because there's a lack of hedging coming out of Mexico. If there's a lack of hedging coming out of Mexico, either there's an increase in demand and it's not going to an exchange, the COMEX, right, or another vault, or there's a decrease in supply. Turns out we've got both, right? Mexico just reported its steepest decline in annual production of silver in four years which is notably worse than during the COVID lockdowns. Now, there's always fudge in these numbers. I want you to look at that. When China says, hey, it's time for our silver delivery, Mexico goes, eh, you're our biggest customer. We're going to give you 80% of what we normally give you, but we can't let these other guys go, right? That's what's going to happen. Everyone's cutting back. And so China says, Jamie Dimon, I need to buy some more silver. And Jamie Dimon goes around and he finds ore. He pulls it out. Anyone who wants to sell it out of the COMEX, it gets taken off, off the market. It's off the market. That silver's not coming back. It's not coming back. Silver's the flow commodity now, but that's another conversation. All right. So to put it in perspective, silver is the largest producer of the metal in the world today. They're also likely China's biggest buyer, which brings us to this. Buy 
Xiao Jun and I, mostly his work, but I, you know, I, I cleaned it up so we could understand it, you know, with the translations and stuff, uh, laid out why uh, silver was uh, being depleted. And he linked this out three years ago. And uh, we befriended each other and we have more conversations about it. And now that it's coming to a head, his insight, his, his, his analysis is now relevant. He was ahead of the curve. And what he made in his case, we have this post. This is unlocked. I think it's unlocked. What the case he made was China is running out of silver with which to mine for its own supply chains. China's biggest supplier outside of China is Mexico. Mexico is might be worse. He wrote this in 2020. Mexico is worse. Right? We added Mexico is in the process of soft nationalization of its remaining silver as well. We recently did a podcast for Arcady here. BRICS nations are increasingly restricting G7 access to their remaining sources now, which is what I put a little finer point on to today. So if Mexico is running out of silver and Mexico is not leasing as much silver and lease rates are saying there's not as much enough silver being, not as much silver being hedged, everyone's not lying. Why is silver price so low? Why indeed? So here's a prognostication or prediction, I should say. Uh, if you're looking at the peak silver analysis now, you know, these years aren't exact, but this will give you an idea. You know, Mexico goes first, right? Who goes second? China goes second. I don't think they go second anymore, uh, but that's because, because they're probably pulling a lot more out faster. Um, keep that in mind. And as these countries deplete, see Australia, you're going to see more mining in Australia. See Russia, you're going to see more mining in Russia. See, Poland, Poland's going to be like the silver capital of the world, probably, for all I know. Because it's 53 years, maybe it's not a lot of silver, but they're going to get it out faster now. Anyway, so silver depletion varies across different countries due to disparities in resource reserves and mining speeds. However, as Mexico, the largest silver producer, dries up in 2026, a silver panic will ensue. Pretty good. So there's the extinction. Increasing demand, decreasing supply, running into each other. Why? Is the price so low? Okay. I'm going to tell you how the price so low starts to go away. First of all, China demand is growing, right? China's largest silver buyer continues to take delivery despite economic difficulties. What do I mean by that? China is in a pseudo recession. They're lagging in their COVID recovery. And it's been a problem, and their you know their real estate is 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 in, is in big trouble right now, and they're probably going to figure that out. But despite the slowdowns in every other part of the economy, they continue to offload silver from the vaults, and they're doing it for solar panels, it, ostensibly it's for silver silver panels. So silver is very industrial there, and if it's industrial, if it's industrial in this type of way, it's not cyclical. It's less cyclical because we're in a, a green energy type of thing. Second point, China has begun importing, I misspelled that, more unrefined ore. Again, they need to satisfy their own domestic demand. They don't have enough domestic supply. Mexico is cutting down on refined silver production. So they're getting dirtier silver and they're refining it themselves. You're getting, you're going for the scraps, guys. And in fact, that's information that I was given and information I looked around. They're having a harder time getting three nines, five and four nines. Uh, and as I just said, China's become importing more unrefined ore. Number seven, uh, number eight, I'm sorry. Go to number eight. 
quality of refined metal is dropping. That's what I found out. And that's what David Morgan confirms. And I can't think of anyone who knows more about that aspect of silver or probably most aspects of silver than David Morgan. The price disparities between nations are growing. Uh, Shanghai price has been higher. We've talked about that. Uh, I had a nice little conversation with uh, with Chris about that uh, last week. And, you know, that's an ongoing thing. Uh, the price disparity is the beginning of the end of Western dominance over price. The price disparity starts, it bubbles up here. You know, it's it's a process. It bubbles up, smack down. This is over the years. Bubbles up, smack down with arbitrage. Bubbles up, smack down with arbitrage. Not manipulation, arbitrage. The manipulation is in the dollar. Right? So now, no longer, everyone took their balls and they're going home. There's not as much silver for me to smack it down. Right? There's not as much collateral floating around. So what ends up happening is uh, the price, the bubble over there compared to over here stays up a little bit longer stays up a lot of it longer, gets a little bit bigger before it gets smacked down. There's not enough incentive to deal with the risk of delivery to smack the price of silver down in China, let alone if they're even allowed in China to do that anymore. And this is how you establish multipolarity. You're going to have prices of silver in different countries. And your reflection will be, the price reflection will be a comment on their currency and a comment on their demand and a comment on how freely the market trades in that country. All right, the price disparities are the beginning of a loss of control. Now I'm going to take you to the next level of what the loss of control is. I think this is fascinating. Oh, by the way, there's too many silver loans again, and they're just going to chop themselves up for the rest of the year. You don't want to be playing speculatively either way unless you know what you're doing between now and the middle of November. Okay, number nine. The guarantee, this is about silver, okay? But it starts with gold. When I say gold, you say silver. The guaranteed replacement of treasuries with gold. What does that mean? It means that all countries in the world, all countries in the world are reducing their exposure to United States treasuries and putting it into gold, putting a portion of it into gold to protect their stores of value. To understand this unwinding. This is not new. It's an unwinding. You have to understand what they did to gold and silver to begin with. After 1971, and it took some time, but we'll talk about the mid-80s. By the mid-80s, they established silver and gold as liquid contracts on the exchanges. What they needed to do, and this is why markets are spoofed lower. This is why they're spoofed lower. It has it's not just to make money. It's not because they hate silver and gold. It's because the U.S. government needs it lower. When put yourself in the shoes of a foreign country, you make money, you want to keep a portion of it as savings. You say, I'll put it in gold. And we say, we don't want you to put it in gold anymore. Put it in our treasuries. And then you say, well, it doesn't seem as safe as gold. And we say, well, I'll tell you what, we'll give you interest for that money while you put it in a store value. And we will guarantee that the downside, that the volatility of it going lower is really not there. And we will back it up with our guns and our military might and our ethics. And so eventually over time, countries say, oh, look at how stable that is. Look at how stable that is. And I get interest on it. So that's a hedge against my dollar exposure. Oh shit. And they come and they, and they, and they defend me, whether you agree with how we did or not, it's a different story. So market share gets taken from gold into treasuries over years. 
and the global reserve asset goes from all gold to some gold and almost all treasuries. And one of the ways you make that more effective is you sell gold sloppy. Look at the red portion of that chart. From 1980 to 2022, the volatility of treasuries has been lower than the volatility of gold. I'm telling you, that's market structure manipulation, folks. That's the government making sure that not just treasuries are supported, but that gold is unsupported and they want it to be volatile lower. Volatility works both ways. I'm talking about downside volatility. They want it to be volatile lower. Seven-year rolling monthly downside volatility differential. That's the government taking a market structure and putting that power into the hands of bullion banks, saying to them, we don't care if you smash gold because it makes treasuries look that much better. That's what's going on. Why is that chart so significant? Look at that little tiny green spot there. For the first time, Tavi notes, in 45 years, gold has less downside volatility than treasuries. Why is that? Because they're all selling their treasuries and buying gold. Okay? That means every dip, there's someone to buy gold now. It's a big flow trade. And every rally, there's someone to sell treasuries now. I'm in Saudi Arabia. I'm in, you know, uh, Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Bekistan. And the market rallies. I say, I'm going to sell some treasuries. Yeah, I'm going to buy some gold. And so there's a rotation. Every treasury that's sold by the rest of the world, a portion of it goes back to gold because that's the safer store of value now. I don't care that you give me 4% on treasuries. It's not enough. Why is it enough? There's no war that we don't that we can't control. I agree, but you, you guys confiscated Russia's money. I don't trust you anymore. Balls out of the basket. Treasuries out of the treasuries, into gold, into silver. Why do you think India took so much silver? If you're a country and you want peace domestically, you need to preserve your wealth and you need to preserve the peace. And one of the ways to do that domestically, internally, is to have powder that's dry. That's what savings are. And forever, gold was the savings vehicle. And for the last 50 years, in a growing peak, you could see it, right? Gold was uh, not the uh, store value. It was people were increasingly selling gold and buying treasuries because the U.S. guaranteed, the U.S. post-World War II, the U.S. guaranteed, the U.S. trusted, I believe in the U.S. They don't believe in the U.S. anymore. And that's not a trend that's going to change overnight. You can't, the U.S. can't win. And we know that. So everyone, everyone and their mother right now is buying gold and buying silver. They're doing it because it's a store of value. Oil is not a store of value. Gold and silver are stores of value. Now, if everybody's doing this, why is the price still so low? Because they're not done buying. Back to the recess basket, everyone's toys are in the basket. You're China. I'm the United States. We both have our hands in the basket to grab our toys. We're watching each other. 
making sure we don't take each other's toys. I'm taking my silver out. You're taking your lithium out. I'm taking my oil out. You know, you're taking your whatever cobalt out. That's what's going on. Every so often, India comes in and goes, oh, look, silver. No one claimed that yet. Boom, I'll take it. And that's what's going on. They don't care about the price. They want the price low because they're buying it. They're stackers, just like you. Anyway, when will become, this is a story that you've heard a million times. Oh, yeah, I've been hearing this for years. And when it goes up, you know, well, I'm still waiting for it to go up. And I'm telling you, it's not going to go up until they're done buying. And they're not done buying it, which brings us back to the neighborhood. The houses have to be filled. The buying has to be done for your house to go up. That's how it works, folks. You're in the wealthiest neighborhood in the world. Your little tiny one-bedroom house is not going to go up in value until the big houses are filled. When the big houses are filled, then your house all of a sudden becomes very attractive. And they'll be knocking on your door for your silver. And I mean that. Okay? I'm, I'm trading silver short and long, but I'm not doing that right here. This is what I'm telling you. Like, I don't care about the price right now. It sounds very facile, but I'm a person who's been in it since the 90s. I don't care about the price. That's an, that's an assistance to me to buy. Miners, I don't know what's going to make them go up, but I do have something to say about miners that I like. As the industry... As silver becomes a, a domesticated commodity, uh, domesticated onshore commodity, it's decentralizing as well. And because if you have decentralization, you have to have a, it's going to be hard for companies to sell overseas. And you want to go with companies, and I'm not just, I'm not singling them out, uh, but other companies are doing it, but you want to go with companies that are putting in place uh, B2C platforms. So B2B, business to business, that's the internet. Uh, C2C, that's eBay, B2C. You want to have someone who vertically integrates. This is the metal pull coming out of the ground. This is the metal being made into coins. And this is a B2C platform. Someone who's able to cross borders to sell their metal because vertical integration will give you the highest profit margin. That's the way it is. You have to open up a storefront if you're an industrial player. That's what's going on. I'm Vince. And this is it, folks. This is it. I mean, this is this is what's going on. Don't worry about the price. And when the price goes up, I'm going to be telling you, don't believe in the price. That's what I do. I, I, I keep people hopefully sane. The price will remain low until they're done buying. The price will remain low until JP Morgan says you can buy it because they're done buying. Their customers has all the silver they need. They're done buying. They're done buying for themselves. And now they're going to tell you, okay, guys, you can let it go up. Let it rip. And it's gone. Have a great day. Well, thank you, Vince, as always, for this week's update. Hopefully that was helpful at home. Obviously, it's tough when we see the signs of what should suggest a higher silver price. And we see the price still where it is, obviously, today. Bit of a sell-off as well, yet hopefully at least what he went through today in this show helped put things in perspective a little more and explain why we are where we are and with that said, going to wrap up for today, although I would like to thank First Majestic Silver who brought us today's episode. We did have an interesting piece of news out from First Majestic last week as they announced the opening of a minting facility, which is going to help them make more and more of the silver that they produce directly available through their bullion store. And Keith Newmeyer even mentioned that eventually their goal is to sell 100% of the silver they produce directly to the physical market. 
And if you take a look at the bullion store here, certainly uh, some nice coins and bars that they make, especially their silver cubes, which at the moment are sold out, but is the kind of thing that their own new minting facility will help facilitate. So go take a look at the first Majestic Bullion store. Link in the description field below. With that said, going to wrap up for today, but hope you're having a great day out there and I will see you again tomorrow.